You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. My name is Lance Glenn. And we have some big news to discuss today as the first coaches poll was released just a short time ago. Yes, the first coaches poll is already here. But before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like and subscribe to the new 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. So much great content coming out daily. Trust me, you do not want to miss everything that drops on it. As I mentioned, the first coaches poll was released earlier today. And joining me now to discuss it. 24-7 Sports College football writer Brad Crawford. He comes on now as we discuss the top 25. Brad, first and foremost, how are you doing? It's so much fun that we get to hop on here on a Monday and talk about polls, right? Really, to me, signals that the season, frankly, is almost here. Yeah, good to see you, Lance. Finally, after a six or seven month wait, we have our actual first poll. This is from 65 FBS head coaches who, you know, have deemed these schools the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. So, Top 25 teams entering the season, according to coaches, that list is out and we're going to discuss it. And let's, before we start, just run through quickly the top 25. I want to start with 28, and I know that sounds weird because it's a top 25, but obviously there were three teams or a bunch of teams that received votes, Uh, but the three starting with 28, Tennessee's at 28, Penn State 27, Iowa 26. And now as we get into the top 25, it goes Houston, and this is from 25 to 1, as I mentioned, Houston, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Cincinnati, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Wake Forest at 19, Texas at 18, Miami, Pitt, USC at 15, Michigan State, NC State, Oregon, Oklahoma State is at 11. Now rounding out your top 10, you got Baylor at 10, Oklahoma at 9, Utah at 8, Texas A&M at 7, Michigan at 6, Notre Dame at 5, Clemson at 4, Georgia at 3, Ohio State at number 2, and of course number 1, is Alabama. So Brad, to start, I do want to first get your thoughts on the three teams that received the highest amount of votes, but did not make the top 25. And as I mentioned before, that's Tennessee at 28, Penn State at 27, and Iowa at 26. And I think frankly, all three have an argument to be in the top 25, but I want to get your opinion. Are there any of the three, maybe all three that you think deserve to be in, maybe even over someone else? Yeah, Tennessee and Iowa, Lance, were my two biggest shocks that they did not make this preseason poll. You know, Tennessee brings back Hendon Hooker, brings back the wealth of talent defensively off a team that went 7-6 and six in Josh Heupel's first season. And, you know, had had Alabama a seven-point game late in that third quarter last year in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee's a team that I think can, you know, challenge for that 9-3 and three type season this fall and under Josh Heupel. And I'm, I'm surprised, frankly, to see Tennessee not one of those five or six SEC teams you know, in the mix. And then seconds, Iowa, you know, the Hawkeyes have a defense that I've projected inside the top 10, you know, in, in our way too early top defense rankings. And, 
you know, eight starters back for the Hawkeyes on that side of the football. And this is a team, Lance, that had 31 takeaways last season, including a college football high 25 interceptions. So for, for Iowa, with that elite defense coming into August, not to make the coaches poll, I'm quite surprised. Yeah, and we know just how great Iowa's defense could be. Of course, obviously, everyone has questions regarding Iowa's offense. And, and for Tennessee, we obviously know how good their offense could be under Josh Heupel. Hendon Hooker, obviously, a quarterback. All the close games they were in and a lot of expectations entering year two for Heupel. So I want to take a look at the coaches poll. And I think the biggest shocker to everyone, or at least to me, uh, was sitting at number 18. And it wasn't the fact that Texas was at number 18. It was the fact that Texas actually received a first place vote. Now, I don't know who the coach was. I don't know if it will come out uh, as to which coach did uh, name Texas number one. But I'd love to get your thoughts on that first and foremost, because again, the 18 rank doesn't surprise me. It's that number one right there that's highlighted on screen that really just kind of makes me say, what? I, I would love to see Steve Sarkeesian's ballot, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> Texas has that one vote. I mean, it, it had to come from Steve or, or, you know, someone in that Big 12 conference. Look, Texas is going to be loaded on offense. We know what they were able to do in the transfer portal, getting Quinn Ewers, one of our top quarterbacks, according to our 24-7 sports rankings. Obviously, Xavier Worthy coming back on the outside at receiver. They got Isaiah Nayor, another transfer. And then B. John Robinson, a guy who is probably the dope walker, you know, front runner to open the season. So Texas at 18 was not all that surprising, but getting that number one uh, vote definitely was. Considering the Texas O-line last year, Lance, was one of the worst in college football. You know, it, it was a swinging gate there at times, and Texas did finish with five wins. So not only are the Longhorns a top 20 team, according to coaches, but one of those sideline leaders also had a first-place vote. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, again, we know Texas coming off a 5-7 and seven season. They need to do better here in Steve Sarkeesian's second year. And, of course, a, a loaded skill position, a loaded offense, really, with some of the guys you mentioned. Quinn Ewers now at quarterback or the battle between Quinn Ewers and, and Hudson Card. Um, at least ongoing. Uh, another team I want to talk about is USC at 15. And again, uh, a new coach with Lincoln Riley, obviously uh, brought in a lot of pieces. We know that uh, one of the top transfer classes, according to 24 seven sports transfer rankings, uh, the highlight obviously being Caleb Williams at quarterback. They sit at number 15, a lot of expectations early for Lincoln Riley's time uh, in Los Angeles. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on them at 15 and whether or not you think they should be higher, maybe even a little bit lower, or are they good where they are? Yeah, I thought USC had a chance in in this coaches poll to be ranked as the second best Pac-12 team, you know, coming into the season behind Utah and and right ahead of Oregon. That, that's where I'd probably put the Trojans right now. You know, based on that, let's go ahead and call it a roster overhaul from from Lincoln Riley this offseason. You know, getting Jordan Addison out of the portal was huge. Obviously, Caleb Williams coaxing him to come from Oklahoma to to join the the ranks in LA. That's huge for USC. And this this team was not very good on either side of the ball at times last fall. And and now you're looking at a team Lance that is probably going to have a top five offense if Caleb Williams stays healthy. Obviously they they have some talented receivers and a really good running back who's going to start there for Lincoln Riley. So USC at 15 was not all that a surprise, but I am a little shocked that Oregon came in a few spots ahead of Trojans in that race for the Pac-12 title. Utah right now in my opinion, of those three Pac-12 teams is the only one worthy of preseason top 10 consideration. And of course, we want to remind you to like and subscribe to the new 24-7 Sports YouTube uh, YouTube page. 
so much content dropping on it. Another team, Brad, I want to talk about a team in your neck of the woods, and that's NC State. And I really like NC State. I talked to Corey Smith on the 24-7 Sports College Football Daily, which you can find uh, on the 24-7 Sports YouTube page as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so make sure to go listen to that. And I'm very high on the Wolfpack. I think Dave Doran has uh, done a great job of building talent and depth on that roster. I love Devin Leary. He's a Jersey guy. He's from South Jersey. I'm also a Jersey guy. I'm more Central Jersey, but uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta root for my guys up here in the Garden State. Where do you, what do you think about NC State? Obviously, Clemson we know is towards the top of the top 25 in the coaches poll. Uh, but I really like what the Wolfpack are doing. I really like where the Wolfpack sit, and I think they could very well challenge Clemson for uh, the ACC this coming season. There's a lot of preseason love right now for the pack, and and rightfully so. You know, you bring back 17 starters off a team that essentially won 10 games last year, and could you know, including the ACC Player of the Year preseason, Devin Leary, quarterback, very good player, multi-year starter. This is going to be Dave Dorn's best team. I would say for those outside of Raleigh, you know, we're all sort of cautiously optimistic though before calling this team a, you know, college football playoff dark horse. I think State's going to be very good defensively. NC State has to go to Clemson. I want to say in October this year, Clemson has won 34 straight games at home entering the 2022 season. That's the longest streak nationally. You, you know, and, and that's that's it's almost impossible to win in in Death Valley. And we've seen ACC go, you know, teams go there and and really struggle. So NC State's a team that you know a few years ago went to Death Valley Memorial Stadium, lost by a field goal to Clemson, and then was able to return to favor and beat Clemson last season, part of the reason why Wake Forest was able to win that Atlantic. So, you know, Wake Forest, Clemson, NC State, that's a cream of the crop at the top of the Atlantic and really a, a underrated league this season in the ACC with I think it's four preseason top 25 teams. Yeah, absolutely. And again, remember to send in your questions as well. We'd love to to answer them. Uh, if you have any questions or want our thoughts on this top 25 in the coaches polling. Before we get to any questions, there is a trio at 9, 10, and 11 from the Big 12. One team obviously leaving the Big 12 soon in Oklahoma, but the other two currently staying. That's Oklahoma at 9, Baylor at 10, and Oklahoma State at 11. Just give me your thoughts on, on those three right there. Obviously, a new coach uh, in Brent Venables for the Sooners, but he brought in a lot from the transfer portal. They lost a lot, obviously, when Lincoln Riley left. He brought in a lot. New quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. Love to hear your thoughts on the Sooners, the Bears, and the Pokes at 9, 10, and 11. Yeah, let's just call this the Big 12 trio, right? Oklahoma at, at 9, Baylor at 10, defending conference champions, and Oklahoma State, Cowboys team that lost by one yard last season in Baylor, you know, to that Big 12 championship game. So Oklahoma State's a team, however, I think is overrated a bit at number 11. You know, losing Jim Knowles to Ohio State, that was a, a huge gut punch for Mike Gundy, you know, considering how good that Cowboys defense was last season. I mean, really a top 10 defense across the board in, in scoring defense, total defense. You know, Derek Mason's a very good coordinator. You know, he, he came over from Auburn. He's going to kind of inherit, you know, some returning starters there and try to make the Oklahoma State defense kind of the calling card again. But I think for the Cowboys to be successful and to win, you know, 10, 11 games again comes down to th that defense, as I said, and Spencer Sanders, a three-year starter at quarterback who – is going to have more starts in Big 12 play than any quarterback nationally by the end of this year. So uh, Oklahoma State's a team at 11 right now that I tend to have more questions with than Baylor and OU. But getting back to OU, you know, losing a assistant coach last night, wide receivers coach, you know, stepped down. Uh, Brent Venables has his work cut out for him. You know, I, I think getting Jeff Levy 
from Ole Miss to to call plays and sort of instruct Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback that he's familiar with, you know, during those two time together at UCF. Oklahoma is going to have a high powered offense, but you know that bread is going to be buttered on defense in Norman. That's where Brent Venables ha- has earned his paycheck the last ten or so years under Dabo Sweeney. And if OU is a dark horse playoff contender out of that trio, I think it'll be because they can score points and also stop the opposition. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we have as we move forward in the top ten. Uh, as I said before, you have Oklahoma, well, you have Baylor at 10, Oklahoma at 9, Utah 8, Texas A&M 7, Michigan 6, Notre Dame 5, Clemson 4, Georgia 3, Ohio State 2, and Alabama 1. Now, regarding those top three, yep. they're the top three that everyone sort of expected to see. Obviously, the defending national champions at three, Alabama, the defending runner-ups at number one and Ohio State sandwich in the middle did that shock you at all could we just get that out of the way that's pretty much who you thought you'd see right there maybe the order is changed a little bit but those top three pretty much exactly what we thought that's pretty much all chalk lance yeah i mean for for the last six months now we've we've projected preseason rankings seemingly twice a month you know since since pretty much spring practice and those three teams bama ohio state georgia have been one two three in essentially every ranking you know bama brings back arguably the two best players in college football and Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman winner, and, and Will Anderson, a edge rusher that I consider, you know, to be the top player overall in the sport. You know, 17 and a half sacks last year, over 30 tackles for loss. You know, paired with Dallas Turner, Bama's going to have two of the best edge slash linebacker types in college football. But Ohio State's a team that, even at number two, I think might be slightly undervalued. Ohio State's offense is going to be one of the most potent units nationally. I think Ryan Day knows that this is his best team. And that acquisition of Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, as we mentioned, is going to, you know, expand and improve that defense light years in Columbus. And really, you know, it, it's going to help that team beat Michigan in November. I'll go ahead and label a uh, early prediction now. Line of scrimmage game in Columbus, and Jim Knowles is going to be there for it. Oh, a nice early prediction as we sit a couple months out from the game. But but I like it, Brad. I like, of course, that Ohio State team. I mean, what is there to say about that offense? C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, you know, up-and-coming receivers, Marvin Harrison, Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming. I mean, that offense is loaded, uh, and Ohio State definitely could challenge Alabama uh, for that number one spot as the season goes on uh, for sure. And we have our first question. Uh, it comes from Trey Scott, Trey, who many of you know, uh, one of our great colleagues here at 24-7 Sports. He asked, which coach voted Texas number one, and why is it Nick Saban uh, now? I think this is an ode to the fact that Alabama and Texas Morgan. play very early, and yeah. uh, Nick Saban may be trying to uh, rile up his team, get a little bit of a uh, – As if Alabama needed any exactly. bulletin board material. board. Thank you for the words. Bulletin board material. Heading into me, Austin. Yes. Bama, Bama does not need bulletin board material heading into Austin. They're going to be a – you know, 16 to 17 point favor in that game. Quinn Ewers' first career start against a team of relative substance. I mean, it's going to be a a tough game for Texas. Obviously, uh, you know, I was telling some colleagues this this week, Lance, that this is Bama's toughest road schedule in really five or six years under Nick Saban. And and Texas is a game that I don't I don't consider to be one of those toughest road games. So September should be somewhat of a cruise for Alabama. But if that was Nick Saban and that comes out, that'd be That'd be a hilarious start here in August. It would be. And hey, maybe you are providing Steve Sarkeesian in Texas with some bulletin board material uh, with what with what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, that was 
again, Texas getting a number one vote. They sit currently at 18th, but that was, I think, the biggest shocker of this first coaches poll. This one next, this next one, excuse me, comes from David Gibson. Thoughts on what Cincinnati will look like with the new faces? Obviously, Luke Fickle still there. Cincinnati currently sitting at number 22, made the college football playoff, obviously, a year ago in losing to Alabama in the semifinal. But what are your thoughts on Cincinnati, Brad? And what do you think they'll look like with obviously a lot of changes on that roster? Yeah, the Bearcats are a you know borderline top twenty-five team in in my own poll. Nine nine draft picks, and look, eight of those guys last year, you know, who were picked this spring were three stars or or lower. So that proves Luke Fickle is one of the best coaches in college football is, is in terms of you know developing talent. Um, Cincinnati is a team I think is going to challenge Houston, the top of that AAC, a, a very underrated conference from from top to bottom. And Cincinnati's a team that look back back to back undefeated regular seasons. Cincinnati's two losses since the start of the 2020 season have come against Georgia and Alabama. You know what other college football program can say that? So Luke Fickle's doing an outstanding job there. I do think in the future Cincinnati is going to get more love nationally among you know coaches and media members joining the Big 12 Conference. That's going to kind of widen uh, Cincinnati's recruiting fr- footprint, so to speak. And it's going to be very important, I think, for Cincinnati. You know to open that season against Arkansas with a stellar showing. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, absolutely. A big game. Uh, for the Bearcats uh, against Arkansas, big game for both programs, really. As Sam Pittman looks to get another year off to a to a big start uh, for the for the Hogs. Uh, this is a, a Texas fan responding. Ed Blake responding to Texas getting a number one vote. He says, "I'm a Texas fan, but no, don't deserve a number one." But I think a lot of us agree with you, Ed. Uh, but again, it was it was very shocking. Who knows? Maybe it is Nick Saban. Maybe Trey is right. It's Nick Saban, and, and he's just looking for that bulletin board material. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, Texas got that number. But I think there's always high expectations, right? Regardless of what the season at Texas was previous, and obviously five and seven, not the season they wanted in Steve Sarkeesian's first year. But the expectations, especially with what they brought in on offense and, and in the transfer portal, they're going to be high. And, and you know, with just Quinn Ewers alone, when you bring in a quarterback of his caliber, obviously uh, the number one player in the 2022 class, reclassified now the number one player in the 2021 class. I mean, when you bring in a a player of his caliber, I mean, expectations are just going to shoot up. And and Texas certainly has high ones going into the season. But to win big in college football, you have to be elite at the line of scrimmage. That's been one of the Longhorns' biggest issues the last couple of years. You know, can, can they protect Quinn Ewers? Can they get pressure on a lot of these top end, you know, Big 12 opposing quarterbacks? You know, Bryce Young comes in there, you know, a couple of weeks into the season and can can score 50 on Texas if the Longhorns aren't able to pressure him, harass him around the pocket, force him out. 
And look, that that front seven for Steve Sarkeesian has to stop Jameer Gibbs as well. And, and that's probably going to be his breakout, you know, coming out party nationally. You know, the former Georgia Tech ball carrier now at Bama, one, one of the Tide's best additions in that portal. So Texas is a team that, you know, certainly can be back if the Longhorns can finish in that nine or ten win realm. But against Alabama, man, early on, it probably ain't happening. Yeah, it's going to be tough against Alabama for sure. And you mentioned the offensive line or just the line of scrimmages for Texas, obviously. And we know how good that offensive line haul was in the 2022 class. So I'm sure Texas fans hoping that uh, the offensive line recruiting from Steve Sarkeesian and, and Kyle Flood really help vault the program upwards. Another question coming in from Tyler Chambers. Who do you think could be the biggest riser from the bottom or other portions of yeah. this poll? I'll, I'll give mine. I really like Miami. They currently sit at number 17. I really like Tyler Van Dyke. I'm a Giants fan. Uh, full disclosure. And if Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, excuse me, isn't the answer and the Giants don't have an early enough pick to take a guy like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I'd love if they got a Tyler Van Dyke. So they're my, and I just think Mario Cristobal, his presence there is going to make the team overall better. Uh, so I'm going to choose Miami. It wouldn't shock me if I, if they move up spots uh, as the season goes on, but Brad, who, who do you think could be the biggest riser from the bottom or just anywhere else in the poll? Yeah, I'm going to give you two SEC teams in the uh, high 20s, I think, can can win nine or 10 games this season. Kentucky at number 21, I think the Wildcats are underrated. Look, I mean, Mark Stoops, he's won 10 games twice in the last four years, has a top-end quarterback that that most of us, you know, recruiting and NFL draft types consider to be a, a top 10, you know, player next spring in, in Will Levis. Taught him at SEC Media Days, very, very confident player, former transfer from Penn State. Had his first year as a starter last year. Obviously has some things to develop as a passer, but, you know, he's a team leader. You know Kentucky's going to be good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And then Arkansas, number 23. I was one of the few media types that, you know, took Arkansas to finish second in the SEC West this season behind Alabama and ahead of A&M. I'm a firm believer in uh, K.J. Jefferson, five-star Bama transfer, Drew Sanders, you know, a – Outland, you know, huge, huge addition for that Barry Odom coach defense in in Fayetteville. You know, he's going to play some linebacker there. And Arkansas is a team that has kind of that ground and pound approach. They also landed two wide receivers, which, you know, in that RPO, Kendall Briars type offense, a lot of play action for Jefferson. I think Arkansas can make plays. So nine or 10 wins. I'd take the over right now for Kentucky and Arkansas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two good choices. Brad, before we move on to more questions, I do want to kind of get your thoughts on Clemson, right? So I mentioned the top three of Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia in that order. Clemson currently sits at number four, and obviously all eyes are on DJ, right? Can he bounce back? Can he perform to the level we thought he would last year, but now obviously in his second year as the full-time starter? And that's really, you know, where the onus is going to be on for Clemson. They have obviously Cade Klubnik, uh, who a lot of people think, you know, if, if DJ were to struggle – could be someone that Dabo Sweeney puts in there to to get some time and see if he can kind of kickstart the offense. But Clemson at number four, they could stay at that ranking and we could for sure see them in the college football playoff at year's end. But again, it, it really comes down to DJ. If he struggles, if he's not the guy that we thought he was going to be before last season, then Clemson might be in for another tough year. And in Clemson terms, look, they won 10 games and everyone's like, oh, Clemson, tough year. But if, if, DJ struggles once more. We know how good that defense and that defensive line is going to be, but if DJ struggles and that offense can't get the ball moving, then Clemson could be in for another tough year and another year outside of the playoff picture. I was going to say, to me, DJ Uyungle does not have to be elite for Clemson to win the ACC and make the playoff. However, winning a semifinal game against a Bama, a Georgia, 
and Ohio State, you know, that that's going to have to be top-notch quarterback play, something that DJU has not shown in a little over a year. You know, we can't see the production level of a one-to-one interception to touchdown ratio happen again for the Tigers if if they want to get from that, you know, 10-2 and two stance of possible ACC champ to that, you know, 12-0, and 13-1 type scenario where, you know, we, we've seen Dabo before. But I think this Clemson team is very motivated. You know, you've, you've mentioned how good that defense is going to be, even without Brent Venables. You know, I took Clemson, ranked them number two overall defensively uh, entering the 2022 season behind Alabama. So I think Clemson is going to be able to dominate ACC competition on that side of the ball. But, you know, if, if DJ throws a ton of interceptions and does not have ball security, that could be an issue. And, you know, we we saw in two or three ACC losses last season for the Tigers, DJ did not play well. So, as you mentioned, DJ has to play, uh, you know, above average for Clemson to kind of enter that upper echelon of teams. Yeah, like how you put it, he doesn't have to be a superstar. He doesn't have to be a lead, but he has to be better than what he was. You know, he he has to be a a above average to even better quarterback, but not – towards that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Stroud range. Clemson doesn't need that in order to win the ACC. Another question coming in from Dominate. Love the Twitter handle. Should we get used to Alabama being number one the entire year? The top three feels like it could be set in stone this year, barring craziness. I think we pretty much should. I, I really do. I think the top three is the top three. Uh, I, making predictions, don't see anyone beating Ohio State. I don't see anyone beating Alabama. And frankly, I don't see anyone beating Georgia until Alabama and Georgia most likely meet up in the SEC championship game. So I think the top three is what it is. We may see some movement within the three. You know, maybe Ohio State moves up. Maybe an Ohio State moves down and Georgia passes them. But I think the top three is what it is. I mean, Georgia's going to be one of four or five teams, you know, based on early projections that is going to be a double-digit favorite in every game this season, including that opener against Oregon whom I consider to be one of their toughest games. You know, by, by SEC standards, this slate for Kirby Smart is, you know, national championship worthy. I know the Bulldogs won it last year. They did lose eight starters off a, you know, all-world record-setting defense. But Georgia's a team where I don't see how the Bulldogs can move up from that number three spot, you know, ahead of Ohio State or Bama this fall unless the tighter Buckeyes fall. And as I mentioned before, this is one of Alabama's toughest road schedules. I do think Alabama loses a regular season game. And here we are once again, Lance. We're going to see Alabama-Georgia in that SC championship game, which could be a de facto playoff semifinal unless both those teams come in unbeaten or with one loss. But if if both those teams do come into Atlanta 11-1, I don't see a two-loss you know, Alabama, two-loss Georgia making a playoff this season. I think Ohio State's that good. The, the ACC champion, if unbeaten, I think they're in. And if Notre Dame goes 11-1 with the only loss coming in early September against Ohio State, Fighting Irish have a good shot too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think that uh, we will see two undefeated teams meet up in the SEC title game, Alabama and Georgia. And if that's the case, we could very well see both of them in the playoffs. And you mentioned Notre Dame. If they go 11 and one and their only losses to Ohio state, could they get in? Well, we have a Notre Dame question is Notre Dame ranked too high at number five. And obviously Jack Cohn, no longer the quarterback there. They're still kind of searching for their answer. Who's going to be the guy for game one against Ohio state. But we know all the, uh, anticipation with Marcus Freeman coming in and we know how good their recruiting has been since he got there, but obviously recruits take a little bit long, uh, take a little while to develop, but this Notre Dame team really good. Do you think they're ranked too high at five or do you like where they currently sit? Yeah. The number five team was always the most debated among, you know, our, our national analysts on kind of who would get that spot. I thought Texas A&M would have a shot to make the preseason top five still may in the AP poll among media voters, but 
you know, A&M's a team that I don't think is quite playoff ready yet. Notre Dame obviously is not under Marcus Freeman. This is more, I think, out of respect for what, you know, Brian Kelly was able to do from a recruiting standpoint as far as building rosters. You know, Notre Dame has a pretty solid two deep, you know, comparatively to other programs on that schedule. I think Notre Dame essentially out-talents every team on its schedule this season besides Ohio State and Clemson. Notre Dame hosts Clemson in November in South Bend. Very, very big game with uh, Final Four implications there. But I don't have any issue with Notre Dame at five because I think there's, you know, a, a four or five team mix outside of those top four that has a pretty legit argument of being that five, five spot. And so, Brad, before we go, I want to talk about one more team, and that's Texas A&M. And I want to bring them up, obviously, because Jimbo Fisher has certainly uh, made the news quite often this offseason. Obviously, his big spat with Jimbo Fisher, uh, excuse me, with Nick Saban earlier in the offseason. They currently sit seventh. We know they had, according to 24-7 Sports, the highest-ranked recruiting class last cycle. We know all the talent coming in, especially uh, on the defensive line for them. Uh, obviously, quarterback, still kind of a question. They brought in a couple transfers uh, this offseason. It'll be or a transfer, excuse me, this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing at number seven. And look, they they had a lot of trouble offensively last year, uh, kind of carried at times by their defense. But what do you think of AM at number seven? And do you think they could potentially make a run uh towards that top four and maybe even a playoff spot come year's end? Yeah, I still think AM is probably a year away from from legitimately competing for a, a final four spot. I've I've got AM finishing third behind Arkansas in in the SEC West, obviously Alabama repeating as, as division champions there. And look, AM's biggest game of the year, you know, comes against Alabama in October. But the week before that, they got to play Arkansas again at AT&T Stadium, which, in my opinion, the winner of that game is sort of a separation Saturday, so to speak, in that division. So AM has several, you know, sort of must-win games on the schedule this season. And as Jimbo Fisher, you know, put it to us at 24-7 Sports and Media Days, you know, the SEC schedule is a constant meat grinder. And, you know, if if you overlook a Mississippi State on the road, you could certainly lose in, in Starkville to Mike Leach in, in that high-powered passing game. So, you know, A&M's a team that I think is worthy of preseason, you know, top 10 merit. But, you know, inching toward that top five, I'm, I'm not a buyer in A&M stock right now. Yeah. It, they'll be such an interesting team to watch, obviously, as – as the year goes on. And, and I can't believe it, Brad. The first coach's poll is out. Uh, we're almost at week zero. We're almost at week one with obviously all the big games coming up. It's it's really starting to feel uh, like college football season. And with these polls being released, it just gets the juices flowing even more. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Thank you so much for joining me. And, and thank you for, for giving your thoughts on what this first coach's poll was and uh, and for coming on and, and talking with us. Thanks for having me, man. We'll, we'll have to uh, relook at this about four months from now and see how wrong the coaches were at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see whoever put Texas number one, uh, if they still have Texas number one when that final coaches poll uh, comes out. Remember to like and subscribe to the new 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Of course, so much great content coming on daily. You don't want to miss it, especially with the season coming up with week zero, only a couple weeks away, and then that big packed week one coming shortly after. So for Brad Crawford, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for joining us here as the first coaches poll was released. Top three of Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. Thanks for listening, and thanks for watching here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel.